Bienvenidos, my name is Joana Perez, and we will be talking about representation within La Raza, why it matters. We will be touching subjects such as representation within education, representation within the film industry, and representation in general, what it means to me, what it means to my guest speakers, and what do we believe it means to the community. First, let's introduce our guests, Adrian and Rafael. Would you like to tell us a little bit about yourselves? Rafael Martinez. I am currently a PhD candidate in the American Studies Department at the University of New Mexico, and I am an instructor in Chicano and Chicano Studies at the University of New Mexico, and also an instructor for American Studies at Central New Mexico Community College, better known as CNM. That is amazing. You definitely have a lot <laughs> going on for you, that's for sure. I try to keep it short. <laughs> Yes, hi, my name is Adrian Montoya. I am a senior at the University of New Mexico. I am a communication major. I'm getting uh, my focus in interpersonal communication and my minor in media art. And um, I work also for the University of New Mexico. I work with the HR department. So I basically live within the campus and I'm just like really a part of uh, the culture here at UNM. Definitely. Yeah, just something I really like. What does it mean to you? Why does it matter? I think representation is important because we like to see our stories, our worldviews, and our value system represented in the world that we live in. When we don't see ourselves reflected in our society, mm -hmm. um, that causes things like anxiety, um, it causes things like depression, mm -hmm. um, and but frankly, it loses us in the world, right? It makes us yeah. feel that we don't belong, if you will. And so representation is important because not only do we need to create representation, but mm -hmm. we need to see ourselves reflected by the larger society to say that we feel welcomed in this society and that this is our society. This is not, not just the place we physically live in, mm -hmm. but the country, the world, and so forth. Definitely. Representation is a big thing for sure. And uh, I have seen some things in assistant art teacher and when I was an art teacher and volunteering for two different community centers, you definitely see how representation does is a factor within uh, La Raza, especially when you see these stereotypes played within the media or just in general the news where they're more likely to print something negative than positive when it comes to La Raza. I think just based off my experiences, especially in like, well, I'm in higher education right now, but in elementary or middle school, even high school, there was hardly any sort of history that I learned about my own community or the Latino experience. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't think that there's very much representation, which is also kind of crazy considering I am from Albuquerque, New Mexico, and we are a minority majority state. Mm -hmm. And I still feel like as I was growing up there, I never saw or understood history about myself and if anything it was like whitewashed or it was like filtered through this white lens where mm -hmm. um the sort of bad things that happened to even like chicana women mm -hmm. were erased and indigenous people and all of that is sort of forgotten so i think like again saying like these are obviously negative experiences that we've mm -hmm. had but the fact that they're still not even being taught is just like sort of erasure and we're not even understanding where we're coming from I'm worried about Chicano sort of getting left out of the narrative. Mm -hmm. um, and I know, like, in higher education is sort of participating in 
standards that weren't created by our culture, but I do think like it is very important for us to have a seat at the table. So I, and also when it comes to changing resources, it's really sad, but I, I do believe that the change has to come from the top. And if no one's at the top speaking for Chicano people, then we're never going to have those changes. Uh, one of the things that I do think that we're going to see in the, in the near future mm-hmm. that potentially has potential at equalizing some of that representation in education is the fact that many people in, in recent, this is very super recent, many people are moving away from four-year institutions and higher education systems because they see that it's not working and there's no re- return on investment. Why go to school for four years if I have no job guaranteed after I get out? Exactly. So I think that there is potential in higher education, like in also community colleges and other um, uh, ways of, of training our students that might potentially also create opportunities for equalizing. But we need to start early now and, and see what, what those um, changes are going to be mm-hmm. so that our, our rasa is behind many of those decisions again. How important do you think resources are within our school systems, public school systems? Yeah, so to your first question, I didn't have many resources. Um, I grew up in inner city Los Angeles and the public education system there was pretty uh, limited to say the least mm-hmm. and so I didn't have many resources um, you know basic education if you will um, one of my biggest things that I, I always like like to profess about and talk mm-hmm. about is people power mm-hmm. concept of people power and so the biggest resources that I did have and uh, growing up in education and public education was people mm-hmm. I always cling on to mentors and I, luckily I did have some good mentors um, all the way from elementary, middle school, high school, and then even now in college. Mm-hmm. And I, I could say beyond resources like uh, tools and equipment and things like that, um, I had people. And for the most part, I just followed those people and, you know, basically asked for advice and suggestions. And that was um, single handedly what has led me to where I'm at today. Um, and I think that that's hard because, again, since we don't have representation, mm-hmm. um, you know, if it wouldn't have been for that one individual in middle school and high school and so forth, I could have been one of the other statistics. And, and I, that's why I recognize that we need to recognize our privilege where mm-hmm. we are at, but also reflect back and saying that not much of our community has had that privilege of even having one good single mentor. Did you have any positive role models in your educational environment growing up that helped influence you in some way or another? Um, I definitely had teachers that would look at me and they would see something special and then they would want to definitely sort of work with me despite the fact that I came from like a, a working class community. They wanted to see me get out of those sort of roles and there were a lot of people who believed in me for the first time where I actually believed in myself also. And I was like, maybe I can make it out of this working class situation that I find myself in. Mm-hmm. Um, and specifically, I would like to talk about one of my English teachers in, I, I want to say middle or high school. It was like, either it was like eighth or ninth grade. But um, he really, like, set aside and kind of told me all the potential that he saw within me. Mm -hmm. And it was, like, the first time an adult had really 
an adult from like an elevated level like obviously mm-hmm. my my family would tell me these things but they also didn't exist in like an upper class or like a middle class system and so it was the first time that someone who was not in the working class told, like telling me that I had potential to you know be better than mm-hmm. the sort of standards that were already projected onto me mm-hmm. definitely Exactly. And so um, we need more mentors, but we need to produce mentors. And therefore, uh, I think that people are always our biggest resource. And then, of course, we need to fund those mentors and exactly. give money to those mentors so that they can provide resources and tools exactly. uh, in, in K-12 through and higher education mm-hmm. as well. Representation within the media. What is your take on this subject? minor is in media art Mm -hmm. so I have learned a lot about the history of media and sort of even how to participate within you know um, filming and being on set so I have seen like the background or like what goes on behind the scenes and I think even there there's a lack of representation I was usually always the only Chicano student being educated on these sort of things and also at the University of New Mexico the media history education is very whitewashed. I think in general, it's going to have to be because there's only been, I mean, we live in America and Hollywood has only sort of represented white people mm-hmm. accurately considering they're the ones creating the media. But um, for other cultures, not just Chicano people, we've been so misrepresented. Mm-hmm. Like I know we have been seen as thieves and we have been like seen as always the bad guy in the film narrative. I think one of the very first times that I ever saw sort of my culture represented in media was uh, through the film Selena. Mm-hmm. And it honestly told a, like a pretty accurate story of like how family sort of comes first and mm-hmm. um, you're really tight knit. And also it's like, especially being New Mexican, I sort of fall on this like border of like wanting to be Mexican but also wanting to be American and where do I fit in there and speaking Spanglish and so this was the very like one of the very first times I remember like actually seeing people who are living my experiences on screen mm-hmm. and I think that really is sort of positively influenced me just Selena's story alone just because of how much success she had mm-hmm. um, and just how much of a role model that she was for all Chicano people mm-hmm. I mean she's still like we're still talking about her like 20 plus years after her death exactly um, but also it just goes to the fact to say like that's one of the earliest things I can remember but one of the mo- more current instances I can remember of representation was in the movie Coco mm-hmm. and if you just think about like the year gap between those two films it's like we're really not sort of having breakout moments we're not like we're not creating mm-hmm. I don't know roles for our for Chicano people like that mm-hmm. are like representing the actual true experience of what it is to be Chicano. We need to have more of a role representing ourselves in the mm-hmm. media. And I feel like this is going to be from creating our own sort of media enterprises, not joining enterprises that are already established by, you know, a, mm-hmm. like a white hierarchy. But we need to sort of create our own places where we mm-hmm. can tell our own stories free of other people. We need to create our own niche. Yeah. Exactly. 
Mis amigos, this podcast is now coming to an end. Do you have any words of wisdom for our listeners or advice on how we can help impact our community? Quiero hablar con cada persona que están acá. Es muy importante que nosotros um, participar en educación. So get involved, um, explore your identity, explore your, your, your creativity and find something that you're passionate about, even if those traditional paths like education system mm -hmm. is not fulfilling your, your, your needs, mm -hmm. think about other things that are gonna fulfill those needs and that you're gonna be passionate about and just pursue that. Exactly. Well, that is our podcast for now. I'd like to thank my guest speakers. I'd like to thank YouTube Audio for the free clips. And I'd like to thank you listeners for staying tuned with us. We are coming to a podcasting platform near you. Stay tuned.